Greetings everyone and welcome to the 144th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. Hello. Hello and of course we've got PTA's number one fanboy, aka Fitzy, aka Liam. Hello. 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 You didn't want to say it again? Yeah, there you go. Good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. And this week, that movie is Arrival, which opened in the US on November 11th, 2016. It was directed by Denis Villeneuve. Ever heard of him? Jaden's never heard of him. Yeah, he's just a, not, sorry. Yeah. yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, just looking into his films. Um, it is a sci-fi mystery, and the synopsis says, a linguist works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after 12 mysterious spacecrafts appear around the world. That they do. All right. So I think we've all seen this film. Liam, break it to me. How did you find this rewatch? How many times have you seen it? When was the last time you saw it? Wherever you want to jump to. I think it's just my second time. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a good movie. It's a bit of a Sikora situation where I don't really care about it that much, to be honest. But Okay, okay. Uh, you know, it's definitely a decent movie. Are you are you the least Denny fan here? I wouldn't say that. Probably, but I would, I would. say that. <laughs> No, I actually don't know. I don't know if I would say that to be honest. I'd have to think about that more deeply. Okay, okay. I mean I this is only a second rewatch for me too. I saw it once in around when it came out, twenty sixteen or something. So I, I enjoyed revisiting it. And I think it's great. I find it incredibly immersive. Really enjoyed doing it for the show and like looking into some different things and I got a lot more out of a rewatch for sure. Um, I don't know. I've got basically nothing but like pieces of praise for it. But I also do just want to throw out there this at the start, maybe some – don't want to get too negative. Some, I'm going to throw out some Liam energy, I feel like, for what he's going to feel in terms of I don't love it, you know? I don't love it, which is obviously fine, but I feel like I should. It has, like, everything I dig. There's so much here I like, and we'll get to all of that. But, like, at the end of the day, what, what Fitzy's saying about, like, the perfect example is, like, not to jump ahead, the ending and, like, all the emotional stuff at the end, I just don't really care about that stuff. But it's all really good. You know what I mean? So I'm like, my brain's like engaged and like, oh, this this shit's really cool. But I don't feel it. But I'm just putting a pin in that for now. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're going to talk about plenty of awesome things the film does as well. Jaden, come in here. I can tell you're already like <laughs> foaming it in the mouth out here. I can't believe I'm going to have to sit here fucking defending <laughs> the film. Um, hopefully, hopefully not too much. I don't think so. This is my second rewatch as well. Uh, the first, so I, I had to look at our ratings prior to um, our rewatches, and we, we were all pretty much on the same page. Liam was one point lower. Um, oh, yeah. But this fucking rewatch just completely changed me. Like, I, 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 I think it's just a stunningly gorgeous, beautiful film. I think it's everything about it is so amazing. I think every emotional impact is so fucking awesome. I think it, this is like the highest of high concept, like kind of sci-fi you can put to screen in like the best way possible to before this like this was my least favorite Denis film i think but oh. now it's up to my second favorite um wow wow yeah i just think it's stunning in every aspect god damn okay wow <laughs> i'm blown away i mean i don't disagree with you i'm sure we're gonna agree on a on a, on a shitload of this but uh 
I'm already I'm already intrigued by this dynamic here. What can I just say? What hell of a three year run did Denis have here, dude? Oh yeah, he went from 2015 through 17. This man did not stop, and just created banger after banger. I mean, you got 2014 in it as well. 2014? Yeah, Enemy. Wasn't that 2013? Nah, Prisoners was 2013. Really? I thought IMDb says Enemy's 2013. But is it is it one of those weird like? Uh, I thought I thought it was 2014. I think it released like a few months after. Um, oh. oh. Okay, no, it says 2013 as well. Okay. I mean, I actually sort of forgot. Like, actually, that's a good point because Prisoners and Enemy being like sort of the same year, sort of whatever. That's how did he do that? Actually, mm. that's extended it. He's created basically five. He's created five films in five years, and they're all bangers. You know what I mean? How I don't know how this man does this. He's blowing my mind out here. This is why he's a certified ultra friend of the show. Okay, my God. Anyway, Jan just blew my mind with that. Jan's mentioned that the film's gorgeous. I assume an aspect of that to you, Jan, is visually. Am I? Would I be correct in guessing that? I'm very yeah, glad. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to get into, but what is the one thing, in your opinion, above all else from a visual perspective that stood out to you on this rewatch in terms of the creation of the movie? The kind of blueness of the of the morning shots. Mm. Um, I really love. There's like this like 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 when Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams are having their conversation on the back of the truck, I think is like the like the way it was like when it's most is when it's when it's the most, but like the, the the way that the shell is an always ever present kind of thing in the background, and like the way it, the, the way it kind of just changes the landscape as well, and then like in the in the in those morning with those blue tints, I just think it's 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 stunning. Mm. Fantastic answer because I have some trivia here. Um, Dirty sci-fi is what director Denis Villeneuve had told cinematographer Bradford Young to go for with the look of the film. Villeneuve wanted it to feel like this was happening on a bad Tuesday morning like when you were a kid on the school bus on a rainy day and you dream while looking out the window at the clouds. <laughs> I got exactly that. <laughs> do, you, do you think they uh, achieved the assignment task there? <laughs> yeah, spot on. No, I totally I just, I just, totally I just realized your shirt, by the way. Sorry. I, I just, I, like, you have, you have, My shirt? Perth, you have Perth on your shirt. That's that's crazy, man. Why? No, it's fucking Perth. I got a rep, dude. Don't you reckon? I don't know. Is it just the fact that it's a place, like having a place on my shirt's weird? No, it's because it's Perth, man. Like it's, oh, it's just, okay. just, just dog water. I can't wait till you go there when you're like 45 years old and, you're, and you, your perception of it. Yeah, yeah. you're just going <laughs> to – it's going to be fantastic. No, you probably won't. Um, no, I totally agree. I, the look of the film, the cinematography-wise. So Bradford Young, I was looking at him. He shot he, – he's, he's, he's a friend of the show. He shot A Most Violent Year as oh. well. Oh. I and love I feel like movie too. Yeah. Love that. And it's sort of a different look, but like sort of you can sort of see, in my opinion, you can sort of see some crossover, but it's a different feel as well. So, um, yeah, huge shout out to him. I really enjoyed that. My Some of my favorite like moments and some of my favorite shots and stuff, like we're, we're talking about the, the bad Tuesday morning vibe, like I think probably the first 20 minutes or so of the film is is my favorite. And an aspect of that is the build up to – of course, the, the the incredible shot of the reveal of the shell properly. But like everything sort of leading up to that, I would say in the first 15 to 20 minutes where we go to the university, the there's all the news reports, seeing the chaos on the streets, being on a very ground level and immersed in that of how everyone just 
in a daily random university, city, street, whatever, is reacting to this news before we even understand what's happening. They very carefully don't show what the spacecraft is or what's happened. It's just here's, there's, the aliens are here and here's how people react without you even understanding anything else. And I thought I, th- I really, really enjoyed that part of the film and then Louise getting recruited and all that sort of thing. And so I feel like the Bad Tuesday Morning thing was like really came through in some of those shots as well. And, of course, like, dude, the freaking clouds coming over the mountain on that. Oh, my God. That, that reveal shot of the shell. I don't even know how that, that's a helicopter shot, right? I guess. I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around it. Because like, are you telling me that those, those clouds coming over those mountains was like in camera? It must have been, but it's, it's, it's so gorgeous. It's like, I can't believe it. It was. Well, I don't know if it's in camera because it's the only time you see him. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. And because yeah. at the end, when the shells disappear, they kind of disappear in that kind of like wave of clouds, you know, and there's like, they kind of like come into each other. So, oh, like, so do you think the clouds are like are like alien like related? Rival. Yeah. Oh, possibly. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I didn't even think of it. Could be a natural phenomenon. I don't touch grass enough to know. So, yeah. Fair enough. I don't either. Yeah, grass yeah. is gross. But anyway, that shot was just incredible. Blew my mind and it was just this such a satisfying build to it. And I feel like you sort of, it almost feels like you enter a different movie the second you see the image of the shell for the first time. So yeah, nothing but great things to say about that. And also just like the image. I love the 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 contrast of like the helicopters against the shell. And just that it's like our man made aerial vehicles and how just like disgustingly puny they are compared to this megalithic structure in the air sort of alongside them. I just love that that juxtaposition. Fitzy, I feel like I just covered way more than I meant to before I asked you the question, but was there anything visually that stuck out to you about the film? Above all else. No, not really. I mean, the film looks, you know, like a Denis Villeneuve film. It looks great. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love how he just went for like 10 minutes trying to like justify the greatness. And he's like, yeah, it looks like Denis. Uh, Jaden, feel free. Like the, the, the way the, the, the visuals tell the story through like the um, the vignettes of like, the other, of like her other life as well are really cool. Like her living room oh. at the start kind of mirrors the alien kind of room that they're in you know like in these kind of like just dark like you know it's like these dark wall and ceiling and then like this like a white window and shit like that and also like the way that's like a repeated motif of like in like in her visions you know you kind of see elements of the alien in like the kind of obviously the daughter draws a thing with the bird or like with play-doh or like you know when she's in the river the reed looks like the arm and shit like that Oh, I didn't like, even notice the reed thing. Yeah, right. So right, like, I see it. like, like the way that she kind of pieces the thing together by like having these, you know, in in, in these vignettes is 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 and, and 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 just you know those feelings. I think is awesome. That's crazy. I did not even think of that. Um, how did you feel, Jan? I specifically made a note to ask you how you felt about Louise's house. Huh? Oh, how you felt about her house? <laughs> no, I, I I loved it. Um, it's it's. It's got a homeliness to it, but like still that kind of like clinical precision of like an academic that I love, you know. Oh yeah. And as as far as like actual architectural style, I can't really tell you. It's probably I don't know mid century or some shit. Um, but no, I thought I, th- I thought it was stunning. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it stood out to me too. I love that comparison you made about it, sort of uh, being resembling the inside of the shell. I didn't even think of that. But I just love ha- I just love houses that are like on the water. I just love that. How cool is that? Before actually, before we stray too far. Fitzy, I just want to ask, that shot that I just ranted about, the reveal of the shell, the long shot, mm. the aerial shot, yay or nay, are you going to dog us out and say it's just another Sicario sunset shot where it's like, yeah, whatever? 
Yeah, my my eyes glazed over that shot when I watched it. Was I really? I was just like, honestly, no, no, I'm not. I'm not even lying. It was. It was <laughs> Have you not? Did you see that that miss? Did you see it? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it's not not even just about how it looked. It's like the whole build up to it is just the most gratifying reveal of a mystery. Like that's established in like twenty minutes. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because you're you're just told you're told there's a landing and you don't know what to expect, and it is just the most like like Zach sums Zach sums it up perfectly about like you know just like the you know megalithic or whatever he said you know. Yeah, Puts it to yeah. comparison, our size, all that shit. Yeah, it's just like everything in June is like ten million times better in terms of that feeling. Like I get like it's June doesn't have this the same kind of level of mystery and like build up and stuff. But I don't know. It's just it's just a big egg, man. It's just a big egg. All right, now I'm really regretting coming out the start and siding with Fitty. <laughs> that that was a bad. In that one little way, I was like trying to get across. That was a mistake. I'm definitely with Jaden. <laughs> Okay, I'm happy with that. My allegiance has changed. But, of course, another aspect of that shot there, Jaden, may as well get into it now, is Johan Johansson's score. Wow. That that recurring alien motif. There's no other word. Is there any other word to describe the sound of that than just alien? Icelandic. Icelandic? Yeah. Is it? I'm pretty sure he's, he's Icelandic, right? He was, sorry. But is that okay? Okay, is that know, like it, like it just it just like the whole thing just gave me Iceland vibes, you know? I don't know. Um, okay, there's just like sense of mystery and wonder, you know, and, and like oh, the yeah. is like you know, the, the, the you know like the, like the, doesn't like the rolling green with the black kind of contrast kind of like just remind you of something you'd see in like I don't know Iceland. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that does yeah. for sure. And 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 yeah. like and like I just feel like I feel like the 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 music with this kind of like lightness but like kind of like these like kind of deep strings that come in sometimes you know i was like i was like this, this just feels like you know i couldn't tell you anything about like being able to identify Icelandic music but what i heard was like this the sound was just like so it was eerie and like mm. and like so foreign it was it was just alien it was like yeah. it was like it, it was basically it sounded to me like i didn't read any trivia about this but it sounded to me like then he asked him make i just need the score to sound like alien well I did a trivia actually about that, and so Denise, uh, sorry, Johan started working on the music before he even saw the film, and I think there was there was a quote there saying something like, um, like like he like Denny and him like to make the score together when they work, and like not as like a thing afterwards, like they'd like to work on it as they kind of go. So mm. I imagine like they kind of captured the mood very well in that in that kind of essence of just constantly building it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they they nailed it. That it was, it was dope. It was so good. So, so Sicario scores characterizes like a pulse from the desert. Can you characterize this as anything other than alien? A pulse from the desert. Well, uh, no, I like. Oh wow, I don't know if I could do that. But I just, in my mind, I just love like Sicario is danger. What was it? Was that what it was with the Jaws comparison at the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danger and alien. Was like the words I would use, but yeah, I don't know, like pulse from the desert. Wow, I don't know. Like, I guess echoes, echoes from space or something. I don't know. Is that being pretentious? I don't know. I feel, I, I feel like that's sort of what it was. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this, you kind of have to be when you know. It's like this. Yeah, I mean, well, this is this whole thing's pretentious for doing, guys. But uh, it's like this. Uh, it's like this echo, like uh, this distant voice from like somewhere else. A reverberation. Yes. Oh my god, look at us go. 
dude, let's go. We should be academics. Oh, no, I think it was, I don't know, pretty, pretty recently. I was talking with you, Liam, about favorite actresses. And I feel right. like if I recall correctly, I brought up Amy Adams. And you weren't like, you weren't like, it wasn't an obvious choice to you, if I recall correctly. I could be mixing that up. But I just say that to say, I thought Amy Adams was great in the film. I've got stuff to say about her, but I want to know how you felt about her in the film. And and Louise as well, particularly. Uh, yeah, no, she was great. She was great. I mean, I think every technical element in the film is great. I think her acting is great. Her sense of, like, shock throughout the film is pretty great. And Absolutely. her, like, putting the pieces together, it's, like, very, I don't know, like, traumatic or something. So, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the th- thing I, I just enjoy most about the story is just the premise and the idea, the ultra grounded approach of it. I just love, like we've seen, uh, we'll get to it later with the question, but like I've seen so many takes on an alien invasion story or like aliens coming to earth story. And I just love that this one, it's got nothing to do with violence or conflict. Although obviously there's, there's a, the, the looming idea of that, but that's sort of a theme in itself. Instead, it, the idea of the film is that it's like aliens turn up it's not about how do we combat them. It's about how do we communicate with them, you know? And it's just like, it's so, I don't know. It sounds like what I say out loud, it's like, wow, like, have other, have other films done that before? Maybe. I don't know. But it just feels like such a no-brainer. Like, it's such an interesting idea. And yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, did it, uh, you know, seven years prior where he goes and plays fucking music to it, you know? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know what Jeez, you're talking like, about. Get off, get off your high horse about Arrival. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's such an interesting thing for me, and I really enjoy her role in the story and the idea of her being this language expert and how she contributes greatly, greatly to the uh, to the mission here and all that sort of thing. Um, so I thought that was all really good. And then speaking on the the what Fitzy mentioned about the technicalities of her performance, like I feel like she captures the historical weight of the moment and the pressure of the situation like incredibly well. She especially early on, I mean, throughout the whole thing, really, but um, especially in some of those earlier scenes when we're thrust through the camp, she's able to capture, I think, how well, how much she's struggling just to get through this entire, like, mentally process what's happening and what she's doing. But she do- or she always does, and she's we always get shots of her shaking, and she, it's like she's barely keeping it together the whole time that she's experiencing this um, and she's dealing with this. But... She gets through. She saves everyone, obviously. So yeah, um, that was probably my main main takeaway from it this time. Oh yeah, and just that, that but that scene in the, in the camp early on when that you're just getting when you take the tour through it the first time, it's a really good exposition opportunity. But it's also I found the whole thing immersive and stressful. It's bloody would not want to be in anyone's shoes there, including Jeremy Renner, who's also in this movie. Jane, how do you feel about Jeremy in this movie? Uh, I really liked him. I mean, there's he he plays a much more minor role than I kind of recalled. Oh, okay. You know, I, I knew they weren't co-leads, but I always thought he was kind of a more significant kind of part. But like, he's he's kind of an, a present like thing in the background as well, kind of like the shelves. Um, but um, no, like I like I, I like him. I like, I like the elements that he brings to the film. I think he's really. I think he acts really well. Mm. I th- I think it's very easy to see the relationship build to the point 
we see in the, in the, in those in those future memories um you know in in the, in this time and it's easy to see kind of where that comes from between the two and then they had a great chemistry yeah for sure have we talked about Jeremy Renner before on the show have we reviewed Not a film him. oh yeah of course absolutely and we were impressed by him then too he's a great actor every single time uh, he's definitely not his fault. Definitely in my mind is just Hawkeye, but that's beginning to change. And, and like Hawkeye is like by far, I mean, not that this is like news to any film person out there, but like by far the least interesting. Like every single the other character he plays. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, good yeah. point. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Um, <laughs> but um, but every, almost pretty much, uh, more legacy notwithstanding, uh, every other character he's played is like, really interesting and he just surprised me every time like it, before this i'd sort of forgotten like what his what his character sort of was and i just never would have believed that like oh yeah jeremy renner plays a really good like dorky scientist guy you know what i mean this guy's a total nerd he's he, all these classic like nerdy like jokes and shit that i just i don't know he's great he just i really bought it and i just thought i'd never i thought i'd never see that but uh i did so shout out to him for sure the alien designs of the shell. We can talk about the shell. We can talk about the heptapods themselves. They were pretty cool. They were pretty cool. I don't know. There's something about how industrial is the wrong word, right, Jaden? That's not the right word. No, yeah, no, definitely not industrial. Definitely not. I don't know. How, what word would you use? Because I feel like I'm on. I'm trying. I'm, I'm on the um, something. I don't know because it's it's interesting, but like kind of like the like the ribbed kind of like pattern in like the floor and like the kind that kind of like encapsulates the thing it kind of looks like it, it kind of looks natural like like it, like the like it kind of looks like the the rings of a tree in a way um and it kind of just like says to me like kind of old to like and kind of like you know but oh, yeah. it, it, it just kind of like it, it feels like a natural formation kind of not na- well obviously because you know nature doesn't work in perfect lines so it's not actually like in that sense but like the kind of I don't know. It, it feels earthy. It feels, I think, mm. kind of the opposite of okay. industrial. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you're talking about, are you talking about the creatures? The inside, the interior. Oh, the interior. In, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. My favorite aspect of the, the, the such a dope visual concept is the idea of the gravity spinning mm. as they jump up and have to do this sort of business. I thought that was so cool. I've got some trivia here. While the shape of the ship was decided early on, uh, Denis had great difficulty imagining an interior that would allow humans to easily navigate through a steep and vertical design. So the later decision to turn gravity sideways offered an obvious and convenient solution. Not only, like, when someone thought of that, it was like, oh, yeah, well, that solves our problem. Like, it goes beyond that. It's just such a, it's such like a perfect fit for this film. It's like, a moment when they when they do that for the first time of like wonder and like just never seen anything like it on film before. It's just like this magical moment in itself, a small moment. And but... it's ruined by Jeremy Renner saying, Yeah, that just happened. <laughs> I would say not. I don't think it's ruined by that. It's like the worst part of the film. That line. That line. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad that uh it's <laughs> If that's the worst part. It's a pretty good film, I think. But yeah, but yeah, I was I was wondering though. I don't know how they pulled off that shot. I feel I need to I need to watch behind the scenes something. How did they pull off the shot where Jeremy Renner did the jump? I assume he had to he had to be on wires or something. It was very good. 
He's the whole Does thing it in cut the one between shot. their reactions, or is it one shot? It's one shot where he makes the jump. Right, but he's still it kind lands. of scrambling. Yeah. Is he? Oh, is he? Do they cut while he's still scrambling? I'm just trying to think. Do they cut to his to their face and then back to him? So they. I didn't of- notice that, but they might have. That's not Either I- way, I assume. He, I assume. Like they, they, they got the camera above and they're, they're using wires to, and then there's blue screen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was very well done anyway. Yeah. I did, it wasn't, wasn't taken out of by any weird cuts or anything like that. Yeah. It was very, very good. What else we got here for the, oh yeah. Director Denis Villeneuve and screenwriter Eric Heiserer. I think that's right. Created a fully functioning visual alien language. Both of them and their teams managed to create a logogram Bible which included over 100 different completely operative logograms, 71 of which are actually featured in the movie. So this is, of course, in reference to the the alien's language being like these circular symbols, which were really cool, really cool idea. And I was just, I must say, like in the in the context of the story, I was just super impressed that they managed to, like when, when they start using the tablet to like construct symbols to speak with them, I was just impressed by that. I, I don't even know. I don't think. I, I'd like to think. I don't know if humans could actually do that. You know what I mean? Heck, like well, actually come up with the symbols that quick and figure ling- that out. Ling- linguists do. Like, like they constantly. Like, ling- ling- linguists all like, consistently amaze me. Like, the fact that you can just create a language. Like, the fact that people created Dothraki. The fact that people created Elvish. Right. Yeah. That, you yeah. Know? I agree with that. That's crazy. Like, like, the fact that you can just create a language and learn it is, is, is nuts. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. But, like. I mean, that's the whole point of this film. <laughs> But it still blows my mind, like, Louise is obviously, and it's totally earned in the film. Like, I'm not suggesting that it's, like, a criticism or that took me out of or anything. I'm just, like, genuinely impressed by how Louise was able to figure out. In I, I, Was it, like, are we meant to think it was, like, a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks? No, a few months. Oh, was it a few months? It definitely would have been at least two because she mentions that, like, it's going to take at least one month to, for it to be basic vocab. And then oh, yeah. at least another before they can start even thinking about asking the question. So I'd, I'd probably expect about two months. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, either way, still, like for them to be able mm. to come up with and understand what symbols mean what and be able to get rough translations out um, is super cool. Yeah, in that time. One thing I definitely noticed on this particular viewing is an aspect that I think the film is commenting on is how much society is affected by the arrival and we see that constantly in the film the news reports are very common um sort of sprinkled throughout we get glimpses to the i mean obviously at the start through amy adams we see the sort of everyone freaking out at the moment they arrive which is uh, the way that was played i sort of understood like every like this is obviously a historical event and everyone's like all right well let's just peace out we don't know what's going on here but then as as it continued and sort of weeks and evidently months went by and we hear about the curfews and the riots and the economic crashes and all, all these places all over the world where everyone's losing their minds over this shit. I thought this was a particularly interesting aspect that they focused on because all these aliens did is show up, dude. They just showed up and they did nothing else. And I don't know, I would like to think I already agree with you, but Jane shaking his head. I agree, but I would like to think that the public wouldn't react with such hysteria. You oh, know, man, that'd be fucking worse. 
Probably, man. It was it, that was one aspect of the film that really stuck out to me because it it upset me a little bit. Um, not like genuinely, but I was just so like eye roll, like oh my god, like please don't tell. Yeah, but unfortunately, I think that's what would happen. Everyone freaking out, they're gonna die. Just I don't know. I think it speaks to how scared we are, how fearful we are as human beings, as a as a race, and it's just like I don't know, man. Personally, I, I don't mean to sound like high and mighty or anything, but personally, I'd just be like. I'd be very open-minded about it, honestly. They're here. They're doing literally nothing. Let's let them – the experts will figure it out. You know what I mean? It's fine. Let's chill out. Yeah, but I think, I think like, I think a lot of the anxiety emerges not from – they cover it in the film, like, in the, in, the, in the guy that's talking with his conspiracy theory podcast. Oh, it, yeah. it doesn't emerge from just the presence of the aliens. It, it, it's, it's also what are the government going to do with the aliens, you know? And do you trust the right. government with the aliens? and. And I think at that point I'd start saying no, I don't trust fucking these people. You, you no. trust you trust fucking Turnbull and, and and whatnot to fucking go there and have a chat with aliens. No, you trust Def- fucking Joe Biden and all that shit to go talk with aliens. No, no, I agree with that. But then I would argue then, but the fear of that is also just it's sort of no different. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's sort of just it's all just creates the same negative outcome really. Um, but I do understand, like, it is a different path to get there. So I, I sort of do understand that logic. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, the second when the word weapon gets brought up, um, I think it was, was it the Chinese were the ones first to hit, get the word weapon and then they shut down from helping everyone. They cut themselves off, I think it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the second that happened, I was just like, man, it's a bummer. Just, it's, just, it's just interesting because at that point, we don't we still don't know what they're here for. But like obviously, like and like and like Louise talks in that in that instance about like the trouble of, 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 of teaching them with the game. But like they're only ever here with peaceful intentions. And and, and that just makes it like it it just like that, that that caveat, it just adds so much to the film, you know? Like I just think like the fact that like everyone I mean, it's, it's what you've just been saying about like everyone's treating it as 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 hostile activity and then especially with the note of weapon, but like I don't know the the fact that they like there was ne- even if they were shot upon they never had the intention to retaliate you know like they were right. entirely you know they were entirely peaceful right exactly and I don't know like I understand you have to take this stuff seriously in a in a real world real, real world uh, setting but yeah the only reason I think I'm thinking of it this way and processing it this way and making real world comparisons is because I think that's what the film wants us to do I think it's mm. drawing those comparisons very clearly and. I think it's take, definitely taking the stance of we need to chill out. I don't know. I wonder if it, like, how much has media itself and the fact that this is a film sort of being, you know, ironic in that way, I guess, but like, and also important to the message, maybe. Like, how much has media itself influenced our stance that, like, the idea of alien invasion is associated with, well, I just used the word invasion. That's all you need to know. Well, like, I think it goes back to 1938 with Orson Welles' radio broadcast of War of the Worlds that kind of caused mass hysteria there. Right, right, yeah. I mean, that's that's troubling. I don't know. Because I just wonder if without media's role in that, would people, like, would the reaction be the same? I don't know. Yes. Because it, you think so? Humans as a race have this like just instinctive hate towards the other. Yeah, and true. just like this kind of foreignness. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's upsetting because 
the idea in itself of all, um, you know, fiction and everything aside, like the idea itself of aliens or another race turning up. Another race is not alien. <laughs> what? You said aliens or another race. Oh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, aliens. Well, they turn up on our doorstep as they do. They just show up with their craft. Like, they could be here for literally any reason, you know? One of them could be to kill us for sure, but that's like one of one of, one of of a thousand reasons, you know? But it's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the film very much focuses on that fear and us jumping to conclusions and all that sort of thing, and I appreciated that this time about it. And it was one of my main takeaways of just like hoping for humanity a little bit more, but... Humanity sucks. So what am I talking about? You know, it's just like while we're talking about it, I, I just realized like that since they have an understanding of time of like what's happening in the future and all that shit, Abbott knew he was going to die, and he still allowed them to plant the bomb, which goes to like that 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 final like kind of like line from Amy, where she's all like, you know, if you if you knew what would happen in the future, would you try to change it? And she's mm-hmm. like, I try to be a bit more kind. And I guess that's what Abbott was doing by saving them, but he still let he still let the bomb be planted. He still died for it, you know. So I didn't. I actually didn't understand what the deal with the bomb was. Why was the bomb there? So he was. So 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 that was a soldier. I was watching the conspiracy podcast, and he's all like, you know, we don't know what the government's doing. We don't know what they're doing with like, you know, that we should be up there, you know, getting rid of them now. So he was just being, you know, he was watching a bit too much Alex Jones. A bit. He was listening to too much Kanye. You know, he was like. <laughs> He, he was on the path out, you know, and he, he, he was just a scared dude, pretty much. But scared okay. people do so, dumb shit. And so Ian, Ian and Louise didn't know the bomb was there? No. Okay. I thought the way it was shot, it sort of looked like it was in plain view of them. Well, I just like think- they, they could just turn around and look at it? They assumed it was tech from their other setup, I think okay. is, is what All it right. was. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was sort of just- Because uh, I thought they brought it there deliberately for some reason. I didn't miss. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, what about? Oh, I'm sorry. Just what, what about perfect. Forrest? I feel I feel like we haven't talked about him. I think he's actually oh, good yeah, once, you know. Whoa! <laughs> Shots nah, fired. That's harsh, but I mean, like, I, I, th- I think we all we all, we all know his history as uh, as as, as um, do we? As Saw, uh, I, I think it's pretty. Bork it. It's yeah, pretty pretty average as Saw. It <laughs> um, really is. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Forrest. But, you know, I, I, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed by his, his him here. No, I was too. I thought he was really good. I more so like I think he just played the character really well. I really like the character, relatable position, restrained for a military general. Exactly, exactly. And I liked the dynamic of him having to constantly like his whole thing is that he has to keep Washington at bay. Basically, he has to keep the president and everyone else at bay, and he has to play with like translating what Louise is trying to achieve to them and the guys who make the decisions above him. Like that's a complex thing to play with. And even though it's not like the main focus or anything, um, every sort of time it, it comes up, I thought, I thought it was really cool. Like when she has to, it, it, it just, I think it's just a really clever way to do the scene where like she exp- explains like the breaking down of a sentence. And, mm. it, and that was just a really good scene because it, I would never would have thought of any of that. And it made it, made me understand some of the linguist side of it. But then also makes sense for Forrest's character. I feel like we got a bit of development with him, understood more where he was coming from at the same time. So it all worked together well. Yeah, I like that a lot. What's your favourite Forrest Whitaker performance, Liam? I actually just looked at his filmography and I can't remember anything. Um, <laughs> no no offence, Forrest. I don't know, probably this one, I guess. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. He's like a good middleman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's pretty good in, in phone booth as well as like the kind of, uh, as the detective that kind of has to like talk to Colin Farrell, you know? Oh, okay. I am you've seen that, yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember, but yeah. <laughs> Fitzy, do you recall, well, what, what is your relationship with everything we learn about time in the film, about it working non-linearly um, and, and sort of the twist? of why the aliens are here, how Louise's relationship with time and the flashbacks are explained. Did you see it coming the first time, if you can even remember? What was it like on a rewatch or experiencing that, if you remembered it, or how, how, how you felt about that after walking away from the film this time? No, I don't think I saw it coming. I don't think you can see it coming. It's pretty hard to see it coming, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, like, I guess, like, the emotion, the emotional, like, way to the end is like she chooses to like follow through with having the daughter um which is kind of what that all ends up meaning i guess um which is pretty cool i think that worked yeah yeah totally did you read in the trivia sorry about like the way the daughter dies in the book is that she's just from like a rock climbing accident or some shit like it's just something much more mundane and like that like as like the sinister like like how sinister like it is like about like how like she lets it happen still like you know like in this she has a terminal disease and like you you can't really do too much about that but whereas in the book it's just like a very average death that you could do everything to say don't go on that walk or don't go do this that's crazy interesting see that's more interesting thematically in terms of yeah like yeah you can you can make it you can stop that yeah theoretically um but i wonder if like translating that to screen is sort of a bit clumsy i think you lose a lot of what louise is about i feel like you you lose a certain softness with it if you go that dark and you probably people are going to be confused by that of just like why the fuck didn't she just stop it yeah it's probably it's probably a bit too much Mm. i can see yeah oh that's so interesting wow knowing yeah i can't even imagine like knowing your daughter's gonna die of this disease ian's your husband's gonna turn out to be a pain in the ass he wasn't wasn't he no. I'll pay in the ass for her, I assume. No, he, he, he left because he, she told him that she knows the daughter's going to die, and that annoyed him. And, like, that's right. why he left. But he wasn't in pain. He couldn't accept it. He couldn't accept it. Yeah, obviously. If your daughter's going to die, and, and you, know, you know she's complacent to do nothing. <sighs> yeah. It's tricky, for sure. Yeah. I, I was definitely a bit hard on Ian there. Just want to <laughs> acknowledge that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, the fact she's able to embrace it anyway, everything that happens, that's, I don't know, it's pretty crazy. This is, again, some tenet shit, you know. I didn't expect film teaching us to accept we have no free will would become one of my favourite recurring topics on this show, I guess. <laughs> so that's always nice as a reminder to everyone out there. Um, Do you think that yeah. thematically this film fits in with other films in his film in, in, in Denise's filmography? Well, I'm already immediately thinking of comparisons to June with the with Paul's visions. You know, I don't know how that plays out, but um, you know, the idea of Paul sort of having a glimpse of what's coming. You know, so I guess we'll see. But I can see that happening, where it's like, because like, unless it's the opposite, <laughs> that's interesting. Like, like a lot his his earlier work is about like the kind of like cycle of violence. You know, of like prisoners is is that kind of thing of you know. Hugh Jackman has harm done upon him, so he does harm upon someone else. 
you know, Sicario mm-hmm. is all about Alejandro and, and, you know, that kind of revenge story and all that kind of, you know, reverting back to that. So, yeah. you know, like, like, like a cycle of violence kind of like Tim is what kind of characterized a lot of his films, I think, when I was first watching it. And then the lack of it in this kind of, not took me out of it because it's not that important to me, like that it's, it's, it's a thematic shift in his, in his kind of like the, the what he makes, but like it was noticeable, I think. But mm-hmm. now I, th- I still think there's, there's, you can't, they still present like this kind of like cyclical nature of events just in a different way, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, could this almost mark? Interesting that you made that link. Like, could it almost mark a new chapter for Denise? Like, can you? I just tried to draw a link between this film and June, but mm. even outside of like the literal, well, they both have flash forwards. Like outside of that, like I feel like there's. Could you almost argue there's a connection with Blade Runner as well? Like some sort of. Well, that's because because Blade Runner kind of like takes on that that bit more cynical kind of perspective again. But I guess, I guess, I guess it kind of has that remnants of positivity that this film has in that, like, in the ending, mm. he is he is complacent with his place in the world, you know. Mm. And, you know, he mm. isn't he isn't the chosen one. He is just a cog, and he's kind of happy to reflect on that as it is as he lays on the steps dying, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that in this film for sure. Like, it's too yeah. I couldn't go into June. Fitzy probably could, but no spoilers. Um, yeah, it's too early to say for that one, I think. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this. I don't know if it's fair to say that there's a uniform thing across all of them, more so than there is these. There's these recurring ideas and themes that sort of evolve in a, in an interesting way. I guess I would say. Well, I, I I just think the the violence thing is too obvious to ignore in like between prisoners, enemy, Sicario. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And even like Polytechnic earlier than earlier than that, and in on and in, on and in Sundays, you know, like it's it's mm. it's an ever present thing. Oh, in Sunday for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like, like mm. if if it felt like a staple theme, you know. Yeah, but as you say, like, is this just an evolution of that theme? It's not mm. violence per se, but it's something else. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. God damn it, Denny, he's too good. He's too good. I don't know, man, but I'm just saying the second. That Amy Adams in this film brought up palind said the word palindrome and explained what a palindrome was. No one just like <laughs> he knew. <laughs> Tenet began in that very moment. Dude, I just I don't know what is Nolan. There's no way Nolan doesn't love this film, right? This is yeah, like well, the most like, Nolan ass like, film I've ever seen. In, in the kindest way, this is what kind of Nolan wishes he could do. You know what with, you mean with like an alien story. In, in, in the kind of restrained way of taking on sci-fi enough that the Academy can recognise it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And still having all that shit he loves of, you know, crazy sci-fi concept and big kind of things. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, and going grounded and going, yeah, oh, my God, yeah, totally. Know, if, if, if Nolan had to take in, like, a slightly different route of instead of wanting to create blockbusters, which is what he wants to do, he, wants, he, he just wants to keep on making better, better and better blockbusters, this could have been a point he arrives at. Yeah, and he, and and it's got the perfect one word title that Nolan loves as well. Yeah, um, somehow I'm making it almost to the end of my notes, and I feel like I haven't justified my opening comment <laughs> at all. But let me try. I'll, I'll open with this trivia, and I'll try and make this work here. The classical music piece that bookends the film is "On the Nature of Daylight" by Max Richter. Its prominence during the film and the fact it has a pre-existing track, it was a pre-existing track, sorry, meant that Johan Johansson's score was deemed ineligible for an Academy Award despite being highly acclaimed. 
first of all, the fuck? But but they would have known that, obviously, I guess. They knew that would disqualify them. Mm. So, I mean, I guess, he, I guess he just didn't really mind. Second of all, the use of this track triggered me. It annoyed me. I'm not going to lie. I've, I, I've heard this track. I've heard this track too many times in on film now, and I don't know. It's probably just a me thing because I've heard it before. But just like, why couldn't Johan just go in there and give me a sick ass original piece? I don't know. It took me out of the emotional scenes a little bit, and it's not entirely that the use of the song's fault. Just. I wonder if this is what this is an aspect of why Fitzy didn't care. Just for me, what I was talking about at the start was just the fact that the scenes that bookend the film, particularly the bigger the big scene at the end of you know Louise spending her life her life with her daughter. Like I like it all. I like everything we talked about it with it thematically and her journey and all this sort of thing. I like it all. I just didn't really like. I wasn't sad about it. I just didn't really feel anything towards it. Is my sort of comment. So maybe. I don't know, the music's maybe an aspect of that, um, especially since The Last of Us just used it as well. It's like, guys, can we stop using this goddamn song, please? Like, seriously. Um, but anyway, that's sort of just how – that was sort of just my reaction to those those final scenes that I feel like they're trying to really get you in the heart. And I just – I don't know. I was like, I like this. I, feel, I, uh, I, I like it intellectually, but, yeah, I didn't really feel it. I don't know. Is that an aspect of – that you didn't really care about it, Fitzy, or if that any of that resonates with you at all. No. Maybe maybe you can try um, to win. No? I'm the opposite, dude. Those are like my favorite scenes in the movie. Because I think oh that <laughs> Johan Johansson, he's not a great... He, he's good at ambient sounds, and he's good at like bringing atmosphere, but his soundtracks don't... They don't like give that final emotional punch. You know, They don't... They're not like final songs or like a good theme song or movie. So you really needed that in this film to like deliver it. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. So those parts, th- those parts did did hit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Those, okay. Those uh, montages are great. They're probably the best part for me. Wow. Okay. Damn, I was confident. Wow. Okay. Probably the best parts for me. Like most of the film, I guess, if I had to like explain it, I'd say. Most of the film is very, like, droning and, like, ambient and there's a lot of cloud and stuff. It kind of all just meshes together. But then when the film actually goes for something like that, that's when I connect with it more, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. That's interesting. Interesting. Jan, how do you feel about those montages, everything we just said? I love it. I, th- I think it's, like, some of the most effective montages I've seen. I mean, like I say that every time I bring up a montage on the, on the, on, on the show. Montages uh, are good, man. Yeah, but, like, I, I like, um, I, I think I think the music's great. I think I think I agree with you on the fact that I, I, I would have preferred Johan to, to, to come in here with an original score. Let's because give like, it a crack. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, like, like I, I get where Liam's coming from, but, like, if, if you listen to, like, some of his, like, his, his like, non-film work, um, like, he's got a track called, I think, Flight to the City, I think it's called. Of a, of, a, of one of his albums. Um, Asuka's like some pretty like high, like kind of kind of beats that you can kind of get down to. Um, so like, you know, he can mirror that in this is, is, is what I'm saying. Like, like he is he, like, he's obviously more than capable of it. Right. But at the same time, Liam's obviously right because that's the reason that he stepped off from Blade Runner because he wasn't able to achieve those kind of massive hits the way that Zimmer would, you know? Mm. Um mm. Interesting part. I just feel like yeah. his music doesn't... It blends in with the film. It doesn't really stand out on his own as much. Like, I can listen to the Blade Runner 2049 soundtrack 
by itself, like, um, you know, Tears in the Rain and Mesa. Those things kind of stand up on their own. Mm. I'm never going to listen to the Arrival, you know, soundtrack by itself. But I will I listen to The Nature of Daylight. Like I, I have too. in the past, like yeah. That's yeah. I, I I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean, though. That different quality about it, but I don't think that takes away. Like, if anything, I, 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 it doesn't make it any better or worse. It's just it's it's a film score. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a quality. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, independent as music, that's totally fair. But like, as a quality of it being the score to this film, I don't think it's a it's not a negative. You know? But yeah, it's not a negative. But like, Hans Zimmer scores, they also blend in with the film and they have a punch to them you know they work as both they just, right yeah they just have like they just work on both levels and oh, mm. this guy's scores doesn't yeah. <laughs> this guy this guy Eddie. yeah 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 no, uh, no that does make sense to me i understand that but i don't know what what else was it that i've there was a letterbox list of films that have used on the nature of daylight and i'd recognized a few of them it wasn't just this um and i was like oh yeah right <laughs> i remember that well, like, it's a popular theme, but I think this is the movie where I remember it the most from, because it just feels very, like, cyclical and, like, just fitting for the, like, the themes of the film, I guess. Like, right. It feels like it fits in, yeah. Yeah. Like, I it doesn't feel yeah, like I, some random, yeah. like, classical piece that just kind of wedged in, you know? It no, that's that's different. totally true. No, that is, that is totally true. Oh, the other film I've seen is Togo that uses it. That's a, such a random pick. Oh, and Shutter Island does it too? Really? Holy shit. And no, I didn't even remember that. Uh, I was thinking of Togo, which is just a random pull. Yeah, so I've I've literally heard this now in four four on-screen things, which, I don't know, to me is is too much. Uh, but also, I must admit, I, I actually agree with you there, Liam, but like, it probably just doesn't help just on a personal level that I literally heard it a few weeks ago. Hold on. Which last time I said use it? Episode three uses it when the the montage oh, right. on, yeah, on the yeah. last day. Correct. It's like, yes. yeah, all right, guys. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if anything, if anything, maybe I should be directing my anger towards Gustavo and make him write another piece yeah, other than Johan. What's, what's he doing? Yeah, he can easily <laughs> bring out something, man. Come on, mate. Seriously. Actually, you know what? You know what? I'm putting my putting pointing the wrong finger here at the wrong person. Old mate, they should have come up with. They shouldn't have used it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Johan. Johan was fine. They they were fine using it. Yeah. I heard All right. The only other little bit of trivia I have here is the original name for this film was "Story of Your Life," which was the name of the novella. Test audiences did not like that title, so it was changed to "Arrival." This was this I would think was a good decision because "Story of Your Life" would be a terrible title for this movie, for what it is. I think. I think I think "Story of Your Life" obviously makes a lot more sense if if if, if you take. Like I, I haven't read the novel yet, but I, uh, but like I, I imagine there is more of a focus on Louise, or maybe there isn't. Right. Um, well, based on that rock climbing thing. Well, but, but that whole idea. Yeah. 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 Something I just remembered as well about the visuals is like I, I don't love the scene. Like the like I don't love the way the the scene looks where she actually gets taken into like that kind of misty area. And like like the, like because I have oh, to see, the effect on her hair. Yeah, because I have to see her hair to like make it floating. Um, it just it just it just looks really out of place. And like kind of like the lighting is like so kind of blown out on her face, um, mm. it's not the best. I think it's a great scene, but yeah, just the way it looks isn't I, really. I agree with that. All right, we can get to our final verdicts for Arrival. I suppose, Liam, hit us with that four. 
No, um, seven, seven, one, ten. It's a good thing. Yeah, I connect with it more as it goes along. It connects to like Amy Adams' personal story. Um, it is just a bit of a like, like a lot of like noise in terms of just the atmosphere and stuff. Um, so yeah. Very good. I'll give it an eight. I think it's an undeniably great movie for me. I sort of, as I've expressed, I'm sort of the dead opposite of Fitzy in terms of things I resonate with more than others. Not to say I dislike all the emotional things, but um, yeah, it's an undeniably great movie. I just, I don't know. As I said at the start, I feel like this could very easily be a nine for me. It's just not for some reason. For these, well, for some reason, I've tried to. Uh, communicate. We just have so, to yeah, um, we just have to combine our brains, Zach, and then you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate yeah. It, each other's thoughts. Exactly. If we merged as human beings, this film would be an eleven out of ten. No doubt about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Jaden, what about you? Um, I'm bumping this up to the big ten. Um, oh, let's go! I, I, when nice. I when I, I think I first watched this at a similar time because you, you mentioned 2017 issue or like when around release. I don't think my 16 year old self could have ever like fully appreciated what I was watching. I remember mm. coming out of it and being like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty cool," but like I definitely missed everything. But yeah, well, rewatching it now, like thanks for fucking nominating because I, I I wouldn't have rewatched this for like another while had it not been, um, you know, chosen for the show. So. Don't worry, I'm always happy to win the poll. Don't worry yeah. about that. Um, so, did you watch this in the theater? No, no, I, I, I watched it at home, but it was, it was oh, I think okay. it was like just close to like whenever like the release was at, you know. Yeah, I was the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think we just rented it. Yeah. Let's get into a very quick news chat. We got one story, and that story is the Succession final season trailer. No. Don't worry, you're not listening to an old episode of the show. There's actually a new trailer. It's the final, final trailer for the final, final season of Succession. My main takeaway was I, I loved seeing on the INB front page today just that big-ass brand-new poster that said the final season, and it just it just hit. It just became real, you know? Like, damn, they, they, they're going all out now uh, with the marketing and stuff. But anyway, Fitzy, you watched this trailer. It was a pretty lengthy trailer, I think. What did you think of it? Tell me all about it. Yeah, it was pretty lengthy. Um, yeah, they're like involving like a lot more people than I would have thought, or like they feel like they're bringing back people from other seasons and stuff. Um, oh, cool. Okay, so that's cool. Um, you know, got to see a bit of Alex and Skarsgård here and there. Oh yeah, Brody oh, yeah. doing the film. Um, Adrian Brody coming back? I'm not, is he? I'm not sure. He wasn't in the trailer. But, oh, okay. No, I was just asking for something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I don't think he was a major character, to be honest, because he was just kind of like it was just a potential investor. investor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, it looks it looks pretty hype. It looks like, um, you know, there's two teams now and they've got to pull out all the stops, I guess. So, yeah, that's good. I also took note that the poster didn't, didn't, didn't put them against each other. Didn't spoil it, like, lost. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, yeah. but but that but that was ro- the thing about that poster was it was it was a subversion though, right? It wasn't entirely right. Oh yeah, they released multiple posters to like confuse people of like people on either side of the corridor. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you, but you know the main interesting. You know the main one though. I think they so. Went with. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a character on a side they did not go on. Um, 
because I, as someone who watched it late, um, when I got to season three and that became like the, my thumbnail image, I was like, really? What? Are they seriously doing this right now? Um, but it was not entirely accurate. I, mm, as, as, I, think, as, I didn't know yeah. they did that, obviously on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Which is good to know. But I'm just saying this poster doesn't doesn't put them on any side. They're all just standing there. So True. They're not even going to bother trying to mess with us. Very, very good. I'm very much looking forward to it. Only a few weeks away. Mar- guys, March is crazy. I can't even do this. How we 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 got succession, we got Ted Lasso. We got we got uh the Mandalorian continuing, we got uh The Last of Us ending, John Wick comes out. I can't even I can't even do this. I don't think I'm gonna be able to survive this month. What was that? Oh, Scream, Scream 6, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we're going to survive this month, man. It's going to be wild. Now it's time for our highlights of the week. Jaden, do you want to kick us off? What have you been watching? Do I? Um, do you? I rewatched Insidious. Um, and this isn't so much about watching Insidious as it is just appreciating James Wan. Like, he is... Like, like, I just feel like in 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 the talk of kind of iconic directors of, of the modern age or whatever, he is just you know constantly neglected because he he's he's a he's a he's a genre maker he's he's a horror he's a he's a he's a he's, he's a horror director, but he is responsible for three of the biggest modern um, horror franchises. In you have Saw, Insidious, and Conjuring. His impact on modern horror kind of can't really be understated in 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 like the conjuring is kind of a turning point in like the kind of revival of mainstream horror i, th- I think I'm, I'm sure that'd be disputed but i i i'll i'll always stand by that point and you just don't hear him talked about you know he, he did he did fast seven which got him some traction and like he worked on other projects oh, like yeah. malignant you know got got you know was was obviously did well when it when it came out and all that but like like when you say his name, it doesn't have like the same like respect or connotation of like these other great filmmakers at the time. But like he is doing just as much, if not way fucking more work than them, because outside of his directing, which he does quite a bit of directing, you know, in 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 the franchises he makes, but he then also just continues to produce in those kind of series and as in, and in horror in general, and like he is just a massive presence on the scene, and he's just doing so much, and he's just untalked about. Obviously, a lot of credit has to go to his, 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 one of his partners that he works with as well, um, fucking uh, Lee uh, Winnell, who's kind of oh, always yeah. is always there beside him, um, and he's he's done his own stuff in like The Invisible Man and Upgrade and all that. He's, he's also just you know is also fucking awesome as well. But yeah, these two guys just seriously, they they, they need more attention. Sure. How much does Aquaman hurt James Wan's <laughs> credibility? I Aquaman. Oh, yeah, but like, how much do you think that has influenced people's perception of him? Like, oh yeah, but he just did Aquaman. It, it really shouldn't, because I I think if anything, you 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 would say like the same thing of of him going to do Fast and Furious. But if you look at the, some of the like the like the discussion around Fast and Furious Seven, people often cite it as one of the best ones, and people often say that him coming into the franchise is one of the greatest things for for the films at that time. So him doing Aquaman really shouldn't be anything too, hmm. you know, degrading for his career or whatever. No, is he is seven the only fast he did? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure if he if he if he produced on the other ones, maybe, but that's the only one he directed. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And so, so when did Insidious come out? Where does that sit? In so, his- so Insidious was 2010. So Saw was 2004 or five. Yeah. Insidious was 2010, and then Conjuring was 2013. Okay. 
So, so it was like, like the build up to the, to him doing the conjuring. Yeah. So like, but even then, like even while all, like he he was producing on all the Saw films, wait two, three, four, five. Yeah, he's been like so even during this time, he was producing on on Saw all that time. He's been producing on all the other conjuring verse films, on all these other indie projects. You know, I mean, not indie projects, but all these other horror projects as well. Like he he, he produced Megan recently and. You know, and stuff oh, like yeah. like so there's someone in your house and de- demonic and all that shit. Like he's constantly working in the scene and he's constantly doing great things in the scene. So there's someone inside your house is a big fucking misstep. But you know, we can ignore that in like you know in all the other shit he's done. I see. Okay. Huge shout out to James Wan. We we got to review one of and his he's films. Australian. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. We got to review what? one of his films. We should. Well, he's he's Indonesian, but he's 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 born and raised Australian. Oh, wow. Are we going to do Aquaman 2 as his first film we can on the show? Yeah, as his first film. <laughs> Just, yeah, but well, don't well, even watch the first one, though. We need to do The Conjuring. I think that'd be a great step in the direction of your horror. I've seen The Conjuring. Have you? Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. What, as a franchise? Isn't there, like... But if you can't, like, Annabelle and shit, isn't there, like, six? Seven odd. Wow. Three Annabelles, yeah. two Conjurings, the Nun. Wait, hold on. Three, two, nine. Oh, the Nun. Nun. La Llorona. Wow. Um, and then Conjuring. Oh, Conjuring 3, sorry, as well. I forgot about that one. Wow. See, the Conjuring he didn't. The Conjuring 3 he didn't direct. Downhill in quality. There you go. That's all you need to know. Very nice. Shout out to James Wan, of course. Um, this week we we finished Atypical, which is this Netflix show. And uh, we've been watching this show for like four years. I'm not even joking. I think we stopped watching it in 2020. For no reason. The show was always enjoyable. Just, I don't know, just fell off, just, I don't know. Don't know what happened. Couldn't even begin to describe it. Um, and then literally just a, f- a couple of weeks ago, we were just like, should we just go back to that? And, yeah, we just jumped right back in the middle. Took a little bit of uh, getting back into it of, like, what the hell is happening again? But uh, managed to tread water there in the deep end for a little bit and finish the show. It's not long at all. I don't even, I've got no idea why we stopped now that I finished it because it's really good. It's really entertaining. Um, and I'd recommend it everyone really it's just a really fun watch really good characters it has i don't think it's as good technically as ted lasso but it gives me ted lasso vibes in terms of like if you like ted lasso something that's like just wholesome funny but also has a lot of heart and some really good character development as well like if you if you like ted lasso this show is way up your alley for sure i definitely recommend it um so i guess am i just am i really just recommending to andy right now is that what i'm doing um so yeah for that reason Atypical is a really good show on Netflix. You should check it out. One of the better Netflix shows I've seen recently, um, even though it ended, I think, a couple of years ago now. Um, Victor, you've seen a bit of this show, right? I think we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, two seasons. You, you fell off too? Yeah. I would recommend I think it. I fell off when you went to college. I think that's what I fell off. Yeah, yeah, we were about there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd, rec- I'd recommend going back to it if you want because, um, I, like, like I said, Ted Lasso vibes for me, for sure. But what have you been watching? So mainly I've been watching this reality TV show called The Low Deck. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. But. Oh, is that the one about like all the staff that work on boats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a new okay. season coming out soon, isn't there? Is it? But we, but are there multiple of them? Like set in different places? Like where, or is it just the one? So there's like ten seasons of Low Deck, and then like ten of like seven or something of Mediterranean, but. The below deck season that's set in like the first, so I watched like three seasons from like five to eight or something like that. 
Oh, wow. And one of them was, like, in Barbados, and then they had, like, floodings there, so they moved south or something, and then they moved to the Caribbean, out of the Mediterranean. So they go kind of all over the place. Okay. I don't know. It was a pretty entertaining show. So I was pretty much in that picture in picture, yeah. It's a reality show. Like, what does it remind you most of? In it? Like, it's not, it's not like, it's not a competition or anything. Is it just, like, equivalent to, I don't know, like, um, one of those, like, E-shows or something? What's that? E-shows? What's that? Like, Channel E, you know? Like, I don't know, like, uh, oh. goddamn, like, what, what, Jen, what's the example that I'm trying to... The way I, since it's stuff, like, I imagine it kind of being, like, Vanderpump Rules. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is, but... They, uh, they work at a restaurant, right? Vent, yeah, vent. it's just about their drama and shit. Yeah. 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 Or like, like, even like... Um, what, was, what was the okay. Kardashian spinoff? Um, Dash? Yes. Yeah. That's another or one. Kind of like that. Good chat. Yeah. But it's good. It's very like... I don't know. It's not, it's not that fake, really. It's very real. Uh, and like there are kind of stakes, I guess, like people do get fired and stuff. So it's not like it's just... Oh, okay. Damn. Not, <laughs> It's not like it's totally just, I don't know, yeah, it's good. Okay. Okay. But I'm pretty done with it because, um, like, I looked at the cast for other seasons and they weren't as, like, they are pretty boring, so I just watched, okay. like, Kate seasons. She was the, like, chief stew. Very, very These good. people's right. lives aren't as, inter- as entertaining, so, you know. Exactly. I feel like an next step we've discussed a few times Sometime we're going to review a documentary and then we'll eventually get to reviewing a reality TV season. I personally wouldn't mind nominating Married at First Sight, the current season. Uh, if you you actually watch it? I'll watch it, yeah. When it's on, I just like sit down for a few minutes and watch it. Yeah, for sure. Now comes the segment where we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what is the most efficient alien invasion in fiction? Andy said, has there been an alien invasion that is actually really well done? There's plenty of them out there, but I need to see more. Besides Arrival? So if I can't think of one, I'll try to choose my favourite, which is Edgar Wright's The World's End. And I'm not only saying this because the director himself has replied to me on an Instagram post before, which is still my favourite fact of all time. A Quiet Place is also quite efficient, actually, but I feel like this is going to be someone else's answer. Well, hang on. First, on The World's End... Oh, I should say, Luke also said The World's End. He wrote in with that as well. Thank you, Luke. I don't recall the situation surrounding that particular invasion. Was um, there? They were, like, disguised as humans, right? Yeah, so everyone in the, in the small town had been replaced by the alien robot things. And then by the end of it... Oh, yeah, they were robots, yeah. You know, they, they don't solve the issue. It just goes into, like, an, an actual, like, apocalypse type thing. Yeah, so, that, so it totally works. The invasion was successful, you would say. Yeah, because yeah, that's right. Because then, the, like the final, sh- the final scene is like a post-apocalyptic thing, right? So I would say successful invasion. I would say that's a good answer for the question. Very efficient. No one really knew about it. As for a quiet place, I guess that is quite efficient too. Yeah. I mean, that literally happens in like a few hours. Yeah. Yeah, they nailed it. Yeah. Good for them. There's a, yeah, there's a fair few good ones, I guess. Andy said. Oh, sorry. Aiden said, to be honest, Sentinel Prime's Decepticon invasion of Chicago was pretty efficient. They raised the whole city in basically a day. Jaden, thoughts on this? This is, of course, for Transformers Dark of the Moon. It's 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 perfect. Like the planning down to a T, man. Like, like, like that that was executed perfectly. Anyway. I nailed it. Yeah. 
Is it, that's your favorite one, right? Dark on the Moon? I think it's everyone's favorite one because like it is just like factually like the best one. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. I need to, I'm not going to lie. As time goes on, I sort of want to revisit these movies. I'm not going to lie. Because I, I, I saw Dark on the Moon in the cinema and I liked it at the time, but like, I don't know. I, I've got no context anymore. Aiden also said the original Cloverfield takes place over 12 hours or something, I think. New York got pretty messed up in that time. You yeah. see, Cloverfield wouldn't call invasion, but no? point Why stands. Uh, for law reasons. But is, is that a technicality or did they actually not invade? Well, it's not a they, it's a it. And it's kind of confusing, I think. So what was the outcome of this? The outcome, I can't recall. Probably time I'll do a Cloverfield rewatch, actually. Do you do you know, like, in the universe, like, what happened? Was it just, like, an attack and then everyone was fine? Or, like... Well, doesn't 10 Cloverfield kind of... Isn't that... No. Um, it's not? Cloverfield Paradox addresses it, kind of. Actually, hold on. I can never remember. Is 10 Cloverfield meant to be a sequel or spiritual, which is kind of, like... Thing? It's not in the same universe, if I remember correctly. Right. That's what I thought, yeah. Um, which is weird. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the outcome of attack of the of the attack is is is, is pretty null. Right, and it's not really okay. an attack, if I remember correctly, from more Cloverfield paradox. Okay, okay, so not a great invasion necessarily. No, a okay. great movie though. Which one? <laughs> Cloverfield. Okay, okay, right. Yeah, I tend Cloverfield Lane as a possible too, because just because I didn't remember. Um. So if it's a different in that universe, we don't really know though because the ship's just sort of over the city, right? It looks kind of grim. It does, but it's a bit vague. We don't really understand. Like for all we know, the next day they get shot down and everything's fine. Mm. So it's a bit, okay, it's a left bit up in the air, I guess, in that one. Fair enough. I was thinking when trying to come up with my answer, first of all, arrival is the best outcome for humanity. Oh, yeah. By far. That was great. Great for us. We, Dude. I can't believe we did, I didn't even bring this up in the in the review section. We f- from arrival, not only did nothing bad happen, human beings gained the ability to think non-linearly from this. Talk about I know that's the whole point of them giving us that gift. Pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's like they gave us an ex- it's like they gave us some sort of perk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sweet, I reckon. Well, I mean, um, it's, I wonder, it's, it's how, how does that change society, you know? Well, I think it's going to be reserved for a very few special people, you know, obviously. You can't give that to the masses. But at, or, or, Amy Adams, she, Amy she Adams was teaching her. people how to yeah, the language. Right, yeah. yeah. She, she wants everyone to be able to think non-linearly. She's all about it. Yeah. That's like, that's like a moral and philosophical conundrum of like, do you, should you be sharing this ability with people? Well, it's just strange because at the end, the... Um, the the uh the the Chinese fellow says that I'll never I'll never know I'll never understand how you knew those words or whatever. I think that was bullshit, though, don't you? No, I, th- I think I think he understood that him te- about to tell her is exactly how she'll know. Oh right 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 correct. I think yeah, that's how I read it because then he, he very deliberately goes I'll never understand and then just like very slowly says them to it like I yeah. think he knows correct. what he's doing yeah. Um oh yeah, which is nice of him. Good old General Shang. Good for him, by the way. I can't believe I didn't mention him. Shout out to General Shang. Anyway, I don't know how we went back to the arrival review, but yeah. Um, I was thinking Oblivion. That was a totally successful invasion, right? I know, like, I know it came back around, it, you know, they ended up blowing up the, the mothership or whatever it was at the end. But oh, from where we start, 
spoilers. But from where we are at the start, successful. They nailed it. Well, uh, the other thing I was, tra- I was trying to think because like that was that was a potential for me. How long does it last though? It's not it's not very long because obviously Ethan is oh not Ethan um, that, that's that's Mission Impossible. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise's character is like in the, the astronaut that grows up and then comes back down, and the people the people on Earth still know who he is. So it's obviously not that long. Right, good point. Probably is like, it like it would it twenty years like at most? 10, 20 years, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you got to consider that too. It's like longevity of the invasion state, not great in oblivion. Yeah, good point. Okay, as far as we know, a quiet place is indefinite. You know, unless uh, something changes that. So I guess you got to give the to a quiet place over oblivion for sure. Okay. And the world's end too is also indefinite. So yeah, okay. Interesting. What about you, Fitzy? What do you got in mind for this? Oh, so first of all, Jane can have a bit of this, but I feel like whenever the Cybermen are in Doctor Who, they pretty much like take over the world almost instantaneously. Like they they they're really good at that shit. Um but other than that this is a bit petty, but the question was most efficient invasion. And I was thinking, like, okay, so most efficient va- invasion could mean, like, you know, how well they take over the world and, like, how quickly they do and that kind of thing. But it could also mean, like, how much of the species, like, resources do they use to, um, you know, to, to, take, to take over the world. And I feel like in Edge of Tomorrow, right, there could be like a million of those like omega things, um, and they just like send one, and it's efficient because, you know, this guy has all the tools. He has like all the time travel tools, so they only really need one guy to just go there and then you know mm. do an infinite war thing, um, which seems like it goes on forever, but really, it's just a day, you know. So, mm. Mm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Edge that's a good one. So, yeah, the, the invasion itself, to be clear, was a total fuck-up. They didn't get much past Europe. But sure. good point. But they, but they only had to use one person, and they, it took one day, and they had a pretty good crack, you know? And they could just well, try again if they want. Part two is coming out. Unfortunately, so. they run into Tom Cruise. So. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. That was their mistake. Yeah, and they can just have another go at it. So it's fine. Yeah. Good point. Uh, talking about efficiency, I think the most efficient that I've seen is – Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I haven't seen the 70s one, which is kind of like the one that everyone's seen. I've seen the 50s one. But the reason why it's so good is because no one knows about it. One person. Two people, in fact. So, like, what it is is that in, in Invasion of the Body Snatchers is pretty similar to The World's End. I'm sure I'm sure Edgar pulled inspiration from that, in that the people of a small town are being replaced by aliens. Um, and But the thing is, the Doctor comes back home from to the small town and he's kind of the one that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's treating all these people and he's like, well, what's going on here? But then as more people go, he's the only one that knows and then, like, no one else believes him. And then at the end, he escapes the town and he goes to warn people, but no one believes him. And then you see a, a truck full of, like, the alien pods moving towards LA, implying that they're going to be successful and, keep, and continue to do it. And no one knows you're invading. So, like, that's going to be, like, the most efficient, you know. Is that as far as we get in terms of how it goes? Yeah, it ends there. Yeah. How does does it work? Is that like an alternate dimension where it could conceivably have just worked and that's fine? 
and it yep. was totally successful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. I see. Good answer. Makes a ton of sense. Hey, where, where in Doctor Who is that? Is that a... What? What season is that? Lots of is that in Doctor Who? No, Invasion of oh. the Oh, I'm sorry. You said the Doctor, so I just assumed it was a, it was a Doctor oh, Who episode. No, sorry. No, no. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I like a like a like a like a PhD Doctor. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Go, he figures. It, okay, go. Yeah, go, yeah, go. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Very good. Oh, I, I was confused by your alternate universe question. I was like, what the fuck's going <laughs> on here? Because <laughs> I was like, Link Doctor. Like, does does the Doctor? He hasn't travelled between dimensions, right? Oh, that's a bit icky. Okay. You can, All but right. you know. Okay. I won't open that can of worms. Um, as always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comment section. Send us a DM on Instagram or join the Discord server this week. The specific question we'll be asking you is, what is your most memorable wild animal encounter? <laughs> this question's getting wild, man. I love it. Let us know. Whatever you've got. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Fitzy, what are we doing next week? Oh, yeah, we're doing Cocaine Bear. And might not just be us, you know, might be a bit of fun. Have some other people, maybe. No promises, but. Might be us and our cocaine. Mm. I'm going to make sure every time Fitzy slips in this episode, I turn it up. Um, <laughs> I'm looking, for, <laughs> looking forward to it. So, yeah, we'll be doing Cocaine Bear. Head out to the cinema if you care to check it out. Did you know Elizabeth Banks directed this film? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I only found out because when I mentioned this to Andy that we're probably going to watch it, he goes, with, with much disdain, he goes, uh, and, you know, I was inviting him to the session, he, with much disdain, he goes, yeah, I'll probably go even though it's Elizabeth Banks. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Um, because he's made his stance clear. Yeah, I, I don't know what right she's done to bat. him, but, you know. Yeah. yeah, neither. I like Elizabeth Banks. Anyway, very, very good. Thank you, everyone, for listening once again. We appreciate it. Thanks, Liam and Jaden, for being here as always. Have a great rest of your week and goodbye.